Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, Adam, rapacious seagulls. Uh, yeah. 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 What, I just love that word. Um, it was the same when I found out the word mendacious, <laughs> which was from some economist on uh, Question Time. And I, there's a guy that I call Mendacious Mary um, because it annoys him. Um, but rapacious, because it, it, I was mugged by, so we ever, I, I know you talk about Seaside Town. There's one here on the West Coast called Air where I was mugged for a bag of chips from what I presume was a rapacious seagull. Could you give me a full meaning on that? Because I'm keen to work this into my day-to-day vocab. I think I think I learned rapacious from The Simpsons. Oh, my oh. God. Yeah, it's it's funny what goes in, but it's like... Um, oh, I know. Believe me. <laughs> I had to. But it's, I'll uh, keep it clean. Aggressive, like, uh, yeah, sort of... Boisterous. Ag- aggressive, sort of forceful seagulls. And they're everywhere. They're like... Oh, they're horrible. Um, yeah, when I was writing the book and writing this uh, this essay on seagulls, doing all this research, they're attacking people all over the country. They're stealing everyone's chips. They're stealing it's, everyone's chips, which is good for me because I've just signed a deal with Weight Watchers, but more of that later because this really is about you, Adam. No, I remember where I lived in Leith when my dog was a puppy. Um, we had seagulls because obviously we were down at the show and they used to go for her the whole mm-hmm. time. It was really scary because they're vicious. Yeah, and yeah. they're referred to as sky rats, aren't they? I know. I thought pigeons were rats with wings. All oh, right, I thought seagulls. Were I think sky seagulls. Rats. I think seagulls. I was. What seaside town is your book based in? Around. It's um, most of it centres on the town of Withensea, which mm-hmm. is on the, the East Yorkshire coast in an area called Holderness, and it's the the fastest eroding part of Europe. Oh, so wow. like 10 feet of it disappear every year. So probably in a hundred years, that town just wouldn't exist. Wow. And there's a whole history of um, towns along that coast just disappearing into the sea. It's a, it's a really strange place. And people kind of just live there and ignore it. Just like, oh, it'll be fine. Someone la, 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 la. And yeah, is that associated that. with climate change or land erosion or something different? It's accelerated by climate change, but it's been going on. There are like Roman records that refer to towns that have been lost along that coast. It's um, it's always been a problem. And people have always lived on there just thinking it'll be fine and it won't happen to them. 
How um, does coast, how does the coastal erosion infect the interdimensional wolves? Are they a seafaring wolf? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, this is. <laughs> I think living on a a strange little ignored crumbling part of the country just allows strange ideas to flourish there's yeah. something like something about being ignored people can are go we and, feeling a bit needy adam <laughs> um, yeah yeah i would say so <laughs> and this this I, I think this the reason i wrote a book about this town is because i wanted people to pay attention to it and i thought it was full of massively interesting people including ufo hunters well you know people that believe um that yeah there, there are werewolves leaping in through an interdimensional portal into this world, mutilating sheep and dolphins, and then just leaping back through this portal. This is a bit like the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, but in a much smaller eroding place. Do you still live there? No, no, but my my family will do. My my mum, my my sister, my brother's there. Yeah, most of my family moved from the south to this town. Why did they pick a town... It was eroding. Yeah. <laughs> well, this uh, my um my dad used to work for British Gas down in um in Suffolk, and he was told, right, you you can take redundancy or you can move to some other British Gas terminal. And my mum said, right, well, if I'm leaving my family, you know, if I'm leaving my mum and dad behind, I want to live by the seaside. So dad found the closest place to the seaside, which was on this coast. And they bought their house and were told, oh, yeah, it'll be 100 years before anything, you know, there's any risk to the coast, um, from, from the coast to your house. And now the sea is the other side of the road from their house. It's oh like, my God. It's, it's incredible. It's the, the rate that it's disappearing is terrifying. But in some ways, I mean, maybe that makes me a bit weird. In some ways, that's terrifying, but in other ways, fascinating. I mean, to just kind mm. of see it literally inching towards you. <laughs> Yeah, why there's, you to, I, sorry. Why would you want to live under that level of jeopardy? Because I like risk. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I spoke to a lady, um, Angela, who lived on a chalet that was on the edge of a cliff. Like she, she liked living right on the lip of the cliff. And she said to me um, that she likes feeling that no one lives closer to the sea wow. than she does. So her, the, her headboard was against the back wall, right against the the eroding cliffs, and she could have just woken up on the beach one morning and she liked that peril yeah. but she couldn't swim she's like I mean very unlikely really that she would wake up <laughs> yeah it'd be just a yeah. Yeah, quick and it's the second of her chalets she she bought one in front of the sea she just bought another one on the next bit of land was she a lottery winner because I mean if she's able to buy chalets willy nilly I mean good sure, lord you know this is the property isn't worth much in a ah. town where it can just disappear very quickly yes it so doesn't she, have a longevity to it does it I mean in terms of even getting a mortgage I would imagine that the mortgage brokers would not touch it with a barge pole if there's that level of imminent but, danger to it falling yeah, in the sea yeah it's hard it's hard to buy anywhere because it doesn't you don't get the, you do the sort of land checks mm-hmm. and they just go, no, we're not going to give you a mortgage. This will be gone in 10 years. So it's rich people who have disposable cash that are able to buy. That's my theory. Rapacious yeah. rich people. people. Rapacious rich yeah, yeah. people. <laughs> I'm fascinated that you had, this is your first book. How long have yeah. you had it in your head that you wanted to write something or did it just come to you in a moment? This has been in my head. God. I'd say decades, okay. but I just thought who, who would want to 
read about this town. Like no one cares about it. I didn't know that it existed until I moved there. Mm-hmm. So there's this thing in my head. It's like, well, I could write this book, but why would anyone be interested? But there's kind of, there are universal stories. So most of my book is about my, my family and there are themes that people can relate to mm-hmm. from their own families. My, my family is quite odd in some snap. ways, but I think everyone's yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, and I think everyone thinks they've got an unusual family. And I also think that everybody is naturally kind of nosy into other people's lives. I think we have this sort of human instinct of going, oh, what's, what's going on over there? Let's have a little look. So, yeah, I think you can pique people's interest quite easily. Do you think that's to make you feel better about yourself? I don't Not know. you specifically, oh, no, 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 no. but I just mean people in general. You know, the, the fact that we are curious creatures. Like, I'm yeah. very nosy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll decide, depending, I don't know who's outside. It's like Fish Market Square out there. We've mm-hmm. got rapacious <laughs> hot <laughs> deskers screaming. But no, I just mean in general that um, I remember speaking to a Scottish comedian. And I she, I, it's awful, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so she was a woman and um, she always, and I have another friend who, when they turn up to do corporates, they'll see who's driving what, where and what, whatever. And I'm just like, oh, really, can you be bothered? Because mm-hmm. um, that makes them feel better about themselves if they've got the best car or, or, or whatever. Whereas I suppose, because you deal with a lot of mental health stuff, um, which I have dealt with over the years, And I suppose I have taken comfort in looking at other people similarly afflicted and thinking, okay, I I am aware of the level of my mental um, illness, if you see what I mean. You know, I know what time of day it is with myself. I'm not, although I'm, for want of a better word, nuts, I have a handle on it. Well, you see that. Well, I'm aware of it. Does does that mean anything? Yeah, I think... Reading other people's stories and people who have gone through similar stuff to you, I think you can find a comfort in it because you just go, okay, well, they've gone through some very weird stuff and they're still here. They found a way to push forward. And you can take something from that. You can be inspired to to hold on um, or to write your own book. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people writing Seamless. about mental health things. Yeah, it's always always bring it back to the book. But I think as well, I mean, it is that age old saying that everybody has at least one book in them. And I think most people have that connection in that I think have a secret desire to write a book. I'd love to write a book. Would you like to write a book? I think you write a really good book. Yeah, I don't. I I, yeah, I, I think everyone has got a, definitely got a story in them, and it's just mm-hmm. having the 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 confidence to say I am interesting enough yeah. <laughs> for people to to um to people to to believe that people will read it. Yeah, and yeah, I I, I think having that confidence is is the biggest part of it. And that's not always easy because that's one of the things that we all suffer from, I think, is that kind of we're easily, you know, our confidence can be dented or we can second guess ourselves or feel that, like you say, who would be interested? Mm. And so it's just getting over that hump of going, no, people will be interested. Or like you say, having the confidence to put pen to paper and go as far as getting it published. So, and we don't know yet. So it comes, is it the 4th of August? 4th of August, yeah. So, um, how nervous are you? Oh, incredibly so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because I've I've had one review so far Mm -hmm. and it was like, 
it was broadly incredibly good. I was like, okay, I'm really happy with this. And like all of the people who have previewed read it have really liked it. Mm-hmm. But then it goes out in the world and you've got reviews and you've got good reads and Amazon and all these people go, it took too long to turn up in the post and they give you one star. And yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be out in the public soon and I have to feel that. Um, well, that's that when it's out of your control. And I think that's where the vulnerability yeah. comes, isn't it? As soon as you let go, you know, you let go and then it's at the mercy of others, for want of a better word. But it's yeah. interesting what you say about having the confidence in which to put a book out there, because I think it's the same with anyone who's a performer, whether you're a musician, a comedian, an actor, to think that you're good enough mm-hmm. in which to be taken seriously and critiqued. Um, but what you have to remember, especially with these online things, you know, that could just be drunk people leaving bad reviews, because I know I've done it with a local mm-hmm. Chinese takeaway um, <laughs> that I've never eaten in, but the woman was rude to me in the little, and I thought, fuck you, bitch. So <laughs> I complained to Just Eat about raw onions. <laughs> Well, this is it. That's true, actually. <laughs> I believe oh, you. Dear. But this is it. You don't know what what uh, propels people, what mood they're in. They're just hijinks or just being a bit of badness. Funnily enough about the comedian thing, I think it was Johnny Vegas that said, because there is, in some ways, there's the confidence, but also the arrogance. I think it was Johnny Vegas that said, essentially, as a stand-up comedian, standing on stage with a microphone, you're essentially saying, I'm the funniest person in this room. I often am. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think there is, I, I did a lot of spoken word before I hmm. wrote this book and tried out these stories in front of people, read them out. And it's that's, I know that feeling of going, well, okay, well, I want to make people laugh and I want to make people feel things. And I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I had to help have a, a, a bit of arrogance to get up and go, this deserves to be listened to. I'm going to read it out in a big voice, you know, big loud voice over a mic, and you have to listen to it. Um, and it, it can be... It Badly, I've been thrown off stage before for <laughs> inappropriate stories. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wonderful! Um, I was at a literary festival, and I was I was booked to read a story, and I um, read the story I was booked to read, and they went, "Oh no, that's that's actually too rude." They spoke over me with a second mic and made me get off stage halfway through. I had to stand at the back and feel a little bit what, um, like a naughty child. Yeah, they gave me an extra five pounds there. So it wasn't all bad And I bought pizza with it in Tesco And sat in the car park in Tesco Sadly eating it Oh nice, I've been taken off stage for being drunk Yes (laughs) Hazard of the job It was a badge of honour I think Yeah, Absolutely, well no, what had happened was I'd been at a fundraiser, a Waverly Care fundraiser And I'd made love to the complimentary free wine Which wasn't free I was just stealing from behind the bar in the Newtown bar Until Jimmy came in and threw me out And then I turned up to do a gig and the owner of the club came backstage and went, you're absolutely guttered drunk and you're being replaced. And I wasn't allowed to go back on. Mm-hmm. But he did say, there's your money, Bruce. See you tomorrow. Because <laughs> he loves it. As long as get paid. Yes. Exactly. That's the thing. Are you doing a book tour? I'm going to do uh, the Edinburgh Book Festival. Oh, Lovely. nice. And, uh, yeah, discussing some other sort of book events and doing signings in bookshops. I've got um, a launch in a bookshop in Manchester in September. Yes, I'm just trying to get as many of these um, these events going and uh, draw some attention to this book because I realise I've got to sell a book yeah. uh, about quite a niche. Um, is it not a bit odd having a launch for a book a month after it is released? A little bit. But, <laughs> um, apparently more people will be in town because it's Manchester. That's all, yeah. all the students will, will be back. It's like, okay, get as many people into this room as possible and make a noise. But and, it's yeah, interesting yeah. with you saying what you discuss in the book because you do focus on male suicide, don't you? Which yeah. is something that is still pretty much taboo and not talked about nearly enough. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, it was quite, it was quite tricky because it was my, my older brother. And uh, he's got six children. So I had to be very careful about how I spoke about him and how, you know, how they, I presume they're, they're going to read this book at some point that all of them have seen my writing before. So they're going to get a perspective on their dad. So I had to be respectful there. I had to be respectful to my, my mum and uh, my other siblings. I've got three other siblings. So it's, it, it's something that needs to be treated uh, very carefully, carefully, but it's yeah. really important to talk about it. Absolutely. Sorry. I was just about to say, did any of you watch the Will Young documentary? His brother, um, I believe, took his own life. And Will said something. Um, he was on Lorraine, um, but it was Ranveer because Lorraine was on holiday. Even though Lorraine's daughter's 27, she still gets the school holidays. Um, yes. And um, what he said was, because his brother had an addictive personality, and he said, I miss my brother. I don't miss the alcoholic. And I thought that's an incredibly candid and brave thing to say, because you're right. There are other people trying to make good of their life sort of thing, um, which is very yeah. difficult. And yeah, the utmost care and respect when the people 
left behind and would possibly, you know, read this. Yeah. And, and it's, and people are very complex, you know, there, there are lots of different versions of the truth and you've got to understand everyone else's perspective on what happened and why he died. And, you know, that there are some members of my family who just think it was an accident. Others believe it was intentional and it's, it, it's such a tricky area to uh, to approach, but I think the more people open up about it and talk about their experiences, is again, it's like you you read other people's stories, you learn from them and how they're terrible things. Mm-hmm. It's, the more of that that's been spoken about, the better. But it's exactly that, isn't it? Because there are so many different perspectives, but it's you telling the story, but it isn't just your story, you know. So yeah, I can only it, tell it from my truth. Yes. So it, yes, so it, it doesn't it doesn't all belong to you, which is mm. a hard thing to then put into, into the spoken word, do you know what I mean? Or into the written word. Yeah. Oh, Cause I talked about, I t- did a show about domestic violence, about my experience of domestic violence, but obviously that yeah. involved the fact that I had three children with that man. So then in order to tell that story, it wasn't just my story to tell. And so I, so did you, I spoke to my children about it from their perspective and whether they were happy to do it. Did you speak to your brother's children and your mom or about what you were going to say and, and what, was there anything they didn't want you to say? Was there anything that you felt you haven't put in the book that you wanted to? There's definitely um, bits that I wrote in the first draft and then completely dialed back mm-hmm. in subsequent drafts because they, I needed to consider other people. I've, and I've, I've spoken to my parents, I've spoken to my sister, my brother and a couple of um, my brother's kids, because he's got very they have children who were very young when it all happens, so and they've got no real perspective on mm-hmm. um, the actual sort of incident. But yeah, I, I, I had to involve them as much as I could, and their their stories, their perspective, their feelings. It's actually talking about it now, which realise what a complex thing I yeah, yeah, yeah. task I set myself because it's it's it could be so messy. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I've found the, the right balance. Mm. Yeah, because um, you can um, risk upsetting other people in the process. Yeah, yeah. Because my, my challenge with this was I wanted to write a book that was entertaining, but was about some very challenging things mm. and to not undermine, undermine those challenging things by just making jokes. Mm-hmm. And it's that. There's, there's a, a sweet spot. Yeah. And oh, I, I oh and there are, the sweet spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there are definitely jokes to be made over many things, over suicide, over domestic violence, over, do you mean, you do have to find the humor mm. quite often. With yeah. I, I, it's funny that um, it's, it's certainly where my brain goes. And a lot of people's brains go in those, those darkest moments. You go run straight to the joke. Mm-hmm. To, to escape Which, the horror of what's going on. Apparently, um, if you have a dark sense of humour, you're more prone to getting Alzheimer's. So oh, good really? luck, everyone. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll explain a lot. <laughs> so you, you've yeah. talked about the trials and tribulations of eventually getting this book out. Is there a second book in you? Uh, yeah, I've already started writing it because um, before, because this, this book won an award and then got a publishing deal off the back of that award. Right. But before that, I was sending it off to agents and I think it was just as I feared considered a bit too niche mm-hmm. so because I wasn't getting a lot of positive feedback I started angrily writing a second book just thinking oh no one cares about this one better write another one and I started writing all these stories about um just masculinity so I've got a whole three or four stories already on the way for the next book mm-hmm. that are about different aspects of um 
not quite living up to the idea of uh, what a man should be, because mm. that's something I've spectacularly failed at a lot. Um, oh, I hear you, like sister. <laughs> I mean, yeah. quite honestly. It's, uh, I don't know if you've watched, is it, is it Veep um, with Julia, whatever? And um, th- th- there was something about, oh, could you man up? And she went, oh, look, can I at least lady down or something like that? Because I think that whole man up thing is ridiculous. Yeah. The yeah. one thing that I wanted to ask was, y- you talk about the book being niche or too niche for publishers. Do you think it's too earnest? Do you think it's too truthful as opposed to niche? Because I don't think suicides um, and various other things are niche. I just think we still have a great amount of uncomfortable attitudes towards discussing things some yeah some people do not want to read about that um i know a couple of people that i showed the manuscript to early on it mentions suicide in the first chapter because i wanted it to be uh-huh. something that the reader confronted immediately uh-huh. and they were like it's a bit oh, is this all going to be uh-huh. dark stuff and it's not there's lots lots of light and shade through the whole book but it, it's interesting to see how much people step back from those kind of themes. And I guess, yeah, I guess that, that could be a bit of a turnoff for somebody who would want to publish it, but I think my publisher have been behind it. I think people's sort of that immediate sense of self-preservation is what people do. And then, you know, uh. get over themselves. Um, in terms of, you wrote the book, obviously, and having it published is, is a great achievement and something that's great. Do you, yeah. though, still have, do you have other hopes? Because we all have ambitions for things. Do you want it to be made into a film or would you, is there anything else you would like to see done with it? Or are you just happy for it to be? It's just we're both read? actors as well. So we're always looking. <laughs> we're always looking for always the movie deal. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, I think when I was um, putting these stories together, there were definitely some bits that I thought of as like, this, this particular story could be, a TV series. That's mm-hmm. definitely how I thought about it. Mm-hmm. And there's like, um, there's a whole essay in there about my mum's burlesque career. And that felt like definitely a Sunday evening ITV series. Yep. Um, so I kind I of revisit love... details of the unexpected with all the jiggling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it was, it was definitely unexpected when I got the call to say my mum had started doing that. And then was on, ended up on Britain's Got Talent and they had, um, Lady Gaga's um, pyrotechnic people making them explode yes. in bras. Uh-huh. They had it was so. I, I think that translates to entertaining television. Absolutely, oh, absolutely. I think she also took a grinder to her hoo ha. Oh, my mum hasn't done that yet. Well, I mean, <laughs> the, you know, there are always options, and I believe that B and Q still do their ten percent off for pensioners on a Tuesday. <laughs> so you would be, you would be able to. It sounds like a very, very, very dream. So out on the fourth from yes. all good book suppliers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, launched yeah, in September, but out on the fourth, launched in September, and then the movie deal, hopefully. Along yeah, that'll quickly follow, I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Coronation Street after hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've, I've got high hopes, I think. And the was, book festival, did you see the Edinburgh, are you at the Edinburgh Book Festival? Yeah, at the Edinburgh Book Festival on August 17th. Fabulous. Lovely. Adam, it's been an absolute joy over something that I don't think we're meant to have joy about, but no, it indeed. has. But I think you can good. always find, well, tragedy plus time equals comedy. Yes. Yeah, I think and so. can I, yeah. 
Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, I'm very much enjoying, is your hooded top ochre? Uh, yeah. 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 I, I just think that you wear the colour very well, so I'd like to see you in more ochre. <laughs> Most of my, my clothes are this colour. <laughs> I've realised that I've, I've rather got a good colour. I mean, H&M, you can't go wrong. They wash well. I think if you find a style, you stick to it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, this is Matalan. Oh, really? And, was, and I've got this, I think it goes well with this colour. I've yes. got a thermos shirt I got free from the, the Edinburgh Fringe last a couple oh. of years ago. There you go. My goodness, you're doing, you're recycling clothing. Jojo, Jojo does that. Well, she, she steals from people's wives. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Adam. That was great. Thank you. It's been lovely. Hopefully we shall, we shall meet you in Edinburgh somewhere along some dark alley. Yes. I look forward yeah, to fingering crossed. your publication very soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, Adam. Thanks a lot. Thank care. you very Bye. much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.